What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Faithfully Deconstructing Podcast, episode number three. And I'm just going to jump right into things. Today, I'm going to talk about what is a King James Onlyist. Last week, I talked a bit about the history of the new IFB church, and part of their beliefs is that the King James Bible is the only accurate version. To be more specific, they believe the King James Version needs no further improvements because it is the greatest English translation of the Bible which was ever produced. And they also believe that all other English translations of the Bible which were produced after the KJV are corrupt. KJV-only churches tend to be on the far right side of the political spectrum, of course adopting all the beliefs and prejudice that come along with that. Most notably, this includes most Baptist denominations, including the new IFB and what's called the old IFB. In fact, some of you might recognize the name Jack Chick. He was a popular Christian fundamentalist who was best known for what he called Chick Tracks. Basically animated, very fire and brimstone type of like Bible tracks. And he advocated a King James only position. In fact, his comic, which he titled Sabotage, portrayed a Christian whose faith was actually shipwrecked by the rejection of the King James Version as the Word of God, only to be rescued by another character's defense of the King James Version. So he was very much a staunch, you know, King James Onlyist. King James Onlyist also often criticized how new versions don't feature some verses that are found in the King James Version. Just as a quick example, some of the verses in John 5 and John 7 are actually left out of modern versions. Not all modern versions, of course, but, you know, some. But honestly, isn't it all the differences between all the different versions that really pose a problem? Anyway, yes, King James Onlyists believe their version is the only correct one, but honestly, other denominations say the same thing about their chosen versions. Another point they tend to bring up is that the King James translations translate the words Hades and Gehenna both as hell, unlike some modern versions which translate Hades as, well, Hades. Basically, a place separate from hell, they believe. King James Version Onlyist criticized that the idea of Hades being separate from hell is an idea from paganism and is not biblical. Of course, again, it's all up to interpretation, like most things in the Bible. So with that quick history on the idea of being a King James Onlyist, I'd like to change gears and check up on our old friend Joe Jones of the Shield of Faith Baptist Church in Boise, Idaho. This is going to be a new segment that I'm going to do every second and fourth Thursday of the month. And currently, I'm calling it my bi-monthly trash preacher, pending better name, of course. So let's go ahead and dive into the clip first. But I want to give you a, a little quote from a radio station around here that also kind of fueled my idea for this sermon. So this is a radio station ending in 106. I like to call it We Don't Like Chicks 106. They got a different name, but it must be true because they're pretty mad at me because of my stance on things. And so I just took this part of their article out, what they wrote about me, and they said this. They said, here's what the, uh, the, uh, the, the author of the article said. He said, I'd be willing to bet Pastor Joe Jones also claims to be pro-life. Hate to break it to you, but you can't be pro-life while also stating your desire to put all queers to death. It doesn't work like that. Well, hold on, pal. I'll tell you how this thing works, and I'll make the rules around here because I have the Word of God. Our church believes the Bible, so we will preach and say and stand on whatever we want to, okay? And you know what? A lot of these churches that are after, they're coming after us, you know, writing articles about us and crying to the little news media, oh, we're so mean. We need to save space. You know, these crybabies, if you go to every single one of their churches, you know what they are? Pro-killing babies. 
You wicked slimeball piece of crap. That's what you are. Don't you come at me with, oh, I went to seminary and I'm a Bible believer. No, you're not a Bible believing Christian. You're a reprobate and a piece of junk is what you are. You are human trash. How about that? You like that? Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, because I'm pro-truth. You're not going to like a lot of stuff that we have to say. So there's a lot to unpack here. Let's start right out with what this radio station said about Jones according to Jones. You can't be pro-life while also stating your desire to put all queers to death. Objectively, that seems like a pretty simple truth. But of course, like most people who claim to be pro-life or however he would personally define it, they really aren't. They're pro-birth and nothing more. His beliefs on wanting to end the lives of those he doesn't like actually proves that. And how about that contradictory statement right after? He says, I'll make the rules around here. An obvious statement of his desire to make the word say whatever he wants it to say. He does try to save it by saying, because I have the word of God and our church believes the Bible. But again, listen to what he says right after that. He says, so we will preach and say and stand on whatever we want to. Whatever we want to, not whatever God wants us to. He doesn't say he'll stand on the word of God as he did previously. No, again, he says we'll stand on whatever we want to. It's a very self-centered statement. It's pretty obvious. And it's one that's not at all surprising coming from a new IFB church. Also, in the segment right after where he talks about the churches coming after him, he once more points out his own pro-birth stance by focusing solely on the issue of abortion. And of course, he then goes into a bit of a tirade against these other churches before proclaiming him to be pro-truth, which I'm sure, as we all know, is about the biggest lie he could have told. And for those reasons, he is my bi-monthly trash preacher for the first half of August, pending better name. Honestly, if he keeps on his current path, maybe he'll make my candidate for the second half of August as well. Of course, it's always so hard to choose because there's just so many of them out there. It is exhausting. Now, I'm going to change gears again, and in this last segment, I'm going to be doing a new thing. Well, I should say another new thing, since I just did a new thing. I'm actually going to play audio from one of my TikTok videos that I've made and go more into depth. I'm going to try to pick one that I think could use a little more explanation or context, and possibly I may even do more than one. Not in today's show, but in future shows, I'm just not sure, but I do want to do at least one a week and it will probably end up being my ending segment every week. Now this week, I've chosen one from Deacon Corbin Russell of the Faithful Word Baptist Church of Tucson, Arizona. Let's just hop right into it. You know, you start to talk to the, the people in this country and the young people in this country, you know, people like me are gonna be enemy number one to them. People like you, people that believe like you do, they're, they're gonna, they're, they're not gonna be tolerant. They're gonna hate you. Let's just sit and enjoy the hypocrisy of him complaining about being hated while saying things like this. So go ahead and hate me, but at least I at least I have the integrity to say, yeah, I hate people. He's complaining about being hated while saying that he hates people. And also saying things like this. And I'm standing in line at the checkout, and I see this freak in front of me, and I think to myself, that's probably just a hideous woman. And then I hear it speak, and I'm like, that's a dude. It's like their hypocrisy knows no ends. So in this particular clip, he's talking about being enemy number one to some people because of the things that he and his church believe. And carrying on after that, he talks about seeing a trans person out in the store and being absolutely bothered just by their existence. He says that people won't be tolerant, they're going to hate you while proclaiming his hate for other people. And honestly, hypocrisy aside, 
This is very much a psychological tactic that he uses to keep his congregation in fear of the world outside and keep them longing for their safe space within his church group. He is creating an enemy, an enemy that they need to hate, in order to bring them closer to the church and closer to the church community, as well as to continue to keep control over them and their thoughts because, you know, who's going to be there to protect them from this made-up boogeyman? Well, Deacon Corbin Russell, of course. He is their Superman. Churches like this honestly just run off of a shared and very artificial fear of those who believe and live differently than they do. They essentially create their own persecution, and rather than actually looking at why people feel the way they do about them, they boil it down to being persecuted because they are, as they claim, Bible-believing Christians. It's rather sad, really. And just to go off script here a little bit and kind of give my own off-the-cuff thoughts on this, it's really sad to me how many people don't see through this. Because when you sit on the outside looking in, it is very obvious what he's doing. It's not like he's hiding it. It's not like he's being necessarily deceptive. But for some reason, the people on the inside are so far into this thing that they can't see through it. And the whole persecution thing is really so overplayed, especially in the American church. There are countries out there where you can possibly be persecuted and put to death for being a Christian. Those places exist. You know where that doesn't exist? In America. In America, persecution in the church is having some mean words said to you on Twitter or being unfriended on Facebook. That is the spiritual persecution they're talking about. And they all come up with these fantasies, you know, about how the churches are going to be shut down, preachers are going to be put to death, the congregation is going to be jailed. No, no, none of that is going to happen. Christianity is the most represented religion in this country including in politics. Yeah, that whole separation of church and state thing doesn't really mean a whole lot anymore. I mean, like, for example, today, right? I was driving from my house to get to my truck. When I got into the small town where I park my truck at my dedicated account, just in the few miles from the time that you enter the town to the time that you get to my truck, there is six churches in a few miles. And this is just small town America. You go into some bigger cities and there is a church on every corner. If you were really being persecuted and shut down, there wouldn't be more churches than McDonald's. In fact, as of 2020, according to the National Congregational Study Survey, there are an estimated 380,000 churches in the U.S. I don't know. The whole thing is just crazy to me. I mean... I don't know where they're coming up with this idea that Christianity is being shut down and they're being so heavily persecuted that they're going to go to jail, but it's obviously false. It's obviously just a way to scare the congregation, to keep them coming in, and to keep them donating, of course. Well, anyway, I believe that about wraps up today's show. I just want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you all have an amazing week. You know, as always, through these last few episodes, and this is only my third one, I'm still striving to work on my format, to make them a little bit longer, to just kind of make them better. And I appreciate everybody that's here listening and everybody that is watching this thing grow along with me. And I will say this every week. I appreciate everybody here. Thank you so much. So until next week, this is Lunchbox signing off.